you're listening to a special episode of Screening in Kingston, available as a podcast. The following episode contains major spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Welcome, everybody, to a special podcast episode of Screening in Kingston, where we are going to take a very, very deep look into the uh, latest movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Avengers Endgame. This is the third or fourth spoiler warning that you're going to be getting um, as we've been promoing this. We will be talking a lot about this movie in great detail. So if you haven't seen the movie then you probably shouldn't uh, listen. You should probably come back, download this podcast, and save it till you see the movie. If you've seen it or you simply don't care, then you can continue listening um, to what we have to say. I'm going to first introduce the guests I have joining me, because as everyone knows, Taylor is not going to go see these movies. So uh, joining me, I've got two major film fans. Uh, First, we've got uh, Andrew, who I believe has seen every single movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, correct? You know what? I thought I had, but mm-hmm. I realized I haven't seen The Incredible Hulk, which well, makes cares? no difference. No, because it's <laughs> that movie's irrelevant. <laughs> so I've seen 21 or 22 of the 23 or whatever. Cool. Yes. Okay. Well, Andrew's here to talk about his thoughts of the movie. Big film fan. Uh, and Matt Sultan is back from the Real Out Arts Project. Uh, Matt, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I never, actually have never left. I've just been hiding out in a corner. Yeah. You've just been sitting in the studio <laughs> waiting for us to go... What hey, do they invite me back? Yeah. As he does. <laughs> yes. Um, so what we're gonna do on, on this podcast so everyone knows is we're gonna we're gonna give our general thoughts of the movie first, and then we're gonna break down the entire film. We're gonna go through it and really talk about every important moment and kind of give our thoughts on it. So again, spoiler warning. This is your last warning to leave now. Uh, before we spoil the movie for you because we are going to talk about a lot of things. And then we actually have some fan questions about what's going to happen next in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, our thoughts on that, and then we'll break down some of the films. Um, And Taylor, I believe, will be joining me in the last part of this podcast for a little fun game uh, because we like to torture Taylor because she won't see this movie. So we make her do other things. Um, So first, I'm going to go to each of you. Maybe let's hear from Andrew first and then Matt. Just give... Everyone, your general thoughts on the movie. Go to as much detail as you want to because we've already told them that there are spoilers here. So what did you think of Avengers Endgame? Andrew, give us your thoughts first. It was it was amazing. Um, not just in a Marvel cinematic way. It was just a really good movie in general. Um, I laughed. I cried. Maybe cried a little bit more than I should admit to a bunch of people. On <laughs> no, I did <laughs> too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was it was really great. I like how they set everything up. Um, they kind of did it as you'll see as we're gonna break down the movie later into almost three little mini movies. Yeah, kind of put it together, so it was really easy to follow along. Which what, what was going on? Very similar to Infinity War, how they kind of broke everything down for you. Um, yeah, like it just. The way they they ended some of the characters' uh, arc was great. Um, 
whether it was through death or whether it was just, you know, this is done now, we're over with. Um, yeah, I don't know much more I can say no, in generalities. <laughs> well, I, I think I really like your point about the three-minute movie thing because I think that that's very true and that's how I've kind of broken this out is I really feel even tone-wise there were three kind of sections within this movie and I thought they did such a great job of keeping you focused and going where, I mean, I know some people who aren't huge Marvel fans who still went to the movie and c- could get a lot of enjoyment out of it. So sure, exactly yeah. what you said, this was a good movie, not just a good superhero movie. Uh, Matt, what were your general thoughts? So uh, one of my favorite um, like series of, like I don't know if it's, you would call them genres, but oh yeah, I guess it would be a genre film, is the, the disaster film from the 70s. Mm. So like Irwin Allen like directed, produced like these um, mega spectacle disaster movies like uh, The Towering Inferno and The Poseidon Adventure. There's a killer bee one called Swarm, The Swarm. <laughs> it, 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 there's, there's, a, there's a litany of Irwin Allen disaster movies. But one of the key factors of, of these movies is the all-star cast. Mm-hmm. So he was big on assembling like all of the, the big names in, in Hollywood and basically throw them in a situation where they're all, all their lives are in peril. And one of the big suspense points is like, who will live, who will die. Mm. And like, I don't know, even from a, like, even when I was a kid, I just loved these Irwin, Irwin Allen disaster movies. And like the, the Avengers series, like is, is basically it's become the new Irwin Allen disaster film <laughs> of the 21st century, because literally ha- like not literally, but figuratively like half of Hollywood yeah. is in <laughs> these movies, every big name star generally is in there. Somewhere. From, from every generation, like yeah. you've got Michael yeah. Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, and then you've got Tom Holland, you know, like it's yeah. it, like in there and then, and everyone in between Robert um, Redford. Yeah. yeah. Robert Redford. Yeah. Like <laughs> who like retired from film. He yeah. made an official, like made it official. And then he sneaks in surprise. I'm in the Avengers movie. And quick, quick thing. Uh, Natalie Portman taking the world's most expensive nap yeah. <laughs> in, oh. in the movie. Cause I'm sure it costs her a lot to come back to do this. And she had a little cameo. So. Yeah. Like everybody, everyone, every, yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So like, I don't know, like I, I, cause for me watching a Marvel movie, I forget it the moment I see it. Like I'm not a comic book fan. Um, uh, so they, like, I'm not, I, I'm not steeped in like the mythos of the of the Marvel universe. Um, in fact, I probably make fun of people who are, mm. um, which is cool. I mean, like, and good good on you. I think when I was on last, I, I compared the Marvel uh, the Marvel stories to Shakespeare. Yep. Um, and uh, and 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 I stand by that point. But um, so, but the, in the case of Infinity War and Endgame, like for me, it was one like glorious. Irwin Allen disaster yeah, movie. Yeah. If you put these two together, it yeah. is five five and a half hours of just delight, <laughs> just yeah. epic yeah. scale delight. Absolutely, yeah. No, I was I I've already seen it twice. I loved it, and uh, I would like actually to sit down and watch them together. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my plan. As soon as it comes out, that's gonna be that's gonna be a weekend for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I think there's something really interesting to that point about it being the new Shakespeare and and a, a point that I really want to make is as someone who grew up on comic books and was really into this and was definitely ridiculed, made fun of for being like quote unquote a nerd or geek his whole life. Um, I've won. Like I, on behalf of all geeks, we've won because not only are, are one did it make $1.7 billion as of today and probably more as I'm talking right now and as this podcast comes out, people sit down and debate 
uh, was Black Panther really like that good? Like it was good. Like here you are taking a, a, a Oscar nominated Black Panther being like, well, was it really better than Infinity War? And that's the debate people are having now as opposed to, oh, you're a nerd. You like Superman. Like that was like the Christopher Reeves Superman and like the liking that was not the cool thing to do. So I feel like especially the way the world shifted, everybody in high school and elementary schools and working and at any age are going to see these movies now. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've won. So there you go. <laughs> That's life has finally gone somewhere great. Um, so in getting into that, like I want to, so I want to break down this movie. And again, I said final warning, but I'm going to keep saying it. we're spoiling it from here on out. We're going to say a lot of things that happen. We're really going to break this movie down. Um, and I want to talk about the beginning of the movie. So we basically, I think it said something like 22 or 23 hours after the snap is when we kind of kick back into it. Um, we've got the scene at the beginning of the movie where you find out what Hawkeye was doing uh, and his family disappears as he's teaching his daughter um, to, to use the bow. Um, and basically then it shows you what's going on with Iron Man, where he is, the Avengers come together. But essentially this first, you know, maybe 30, 40 minutes of the movie um, is really focused on where is Thanos, what is he doing, and we got to go get him. Um, before the title sequence even goes, Captain America's got the great line, we're going to get this son of a bitch, and then it goes Avengers Endgame. Like, it's like this great moment. So um, at the beginning of the movie, we're basically, we introduced to Hawkeye, Captain Marvel comes in and, and saves Tony Stark, and they they basically go off to, to try to get Thanos. Um, what were your kind of initial thoughts as the begin? Like you've both seen this movie twice, I believe now. Mm -hmm. So, what what were your initial thoughts from the beginning as as this movie came in? Like especially because the trailer and at least mo everything I saw was from these this first half hour of the movie. So the trailer basically lied to us as to what this movie was. So what were your just initial thoughts? Anyone can jump in uh, from the beginning of this movie and how things kicked off. My well, actually, it's funny because then my instant reaction is that like, wow, we just saw everything. <laughs> the trailer, the trailer, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like in the in that first in those yeah. first that first segment, it was everything in the trailer, yeah. um, and I was like, which was really exciting because it's like, wow, they just pulled the wool over everyone's eyes, and we have no idea where this is going to go now. Like, we have no idea where this is headed. Like, Thanos is like literally like beheaded. And like, there's can I say something about that point? Because that's in it, the beheaded thing is interesting. Because if you ended even Infinity War at that moment, I think the movie has a poetic justice to it because Thor's entire issue as a as a person is how overconfident he he becomes, and he's a little bit of a brute. He should have gone for his head at the beginning. Thanos says that to him before the snap happens at the end of Infinity War. And so in this moment, he cuts his head off, like yeah. almost instantaneously. Yeah. Like Thor gets in there, cuts off his arm. Oh, where are the stones? I destroyed them. Cut his head off. Doesn't even like hesitate. And I think that that, to me, does finalize and end things in a way where this villain's won, but the hero needed to seek revenge. Because that's what it was about revenge. Yeah. It was about getting revenge on him. And then Thor looks defeated and completely he was a revenger yes exactly yeah. <laughs> a revenger <laughs> but isn't that what they call themselves in thor ragnarok as like a yeah, joke yeah. yeah um but yeah i i kind of agree matt with what you're saying is i had that exact thought where i was sitting there going okay now what like we've seen the movie like i just saw everything in the trailer and it's not even a half an hour into it yet and it fades to black for a very uncomfortable amount of time yeah so I like agree. like that happens it's like da da fades to black 
and then it just sort of sits there in black and then like i know i said it and i'm sure a bunch of other people said it it's like the end (laughs) (laughs) i even liked how long it took for the five years later yeah it was like five and you're like five what yeah, five minutes, yeah. five hours, yeah. five days, and then and years. You're like, wow, okay. And then you knew later was coming. But yeah. it was almost as if, like, that's a good point because it was almost as if you're sitting there, kind of not believing it as you're seeing it. So they let it sit with you for longer, like five years. Like I remember during that very long sequence, where thinking, like, really, they're jumping five years. Like I, I, I the thing I really liked about this movie is every time they threw something at me. And the critic voice in my head went, this isn't going to go well. They nailed it. Mm-hmm. So the five-year thing worked so well. Mm-hmm. It happened so early at the movie. But yeah, I had that I had that exact same feeling as the fives. Like, five what? Five what? What is happening? Yeah. I, I think- only had one issue with the five-year thing is that it made math really hard for me for the rest of the movie. Because I kept talking about like nine years. I'm like, yeah, nine yeah. years? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because of the time travel stuff. Yeah, yeah, so essentially they, they jump to 2023 is essentially yeah. what they do. They jump to 2023. That's where the rest of the movie takes place and i guess where the cinema marvel cinematic universe is going to kick off from is 2023 um but yeah i mean i think that uh i think that that was an interesting moment so the one thing i want to ask you both about it because i'm going off of what i've heard other people say either good or bad about the movie is there's been some people who were critical of captain marvel's inclusion at the beginning of this movie and not really explaining what she's doing there now there was an end credit scene that happens at the end of captain marvel where basically she shows up um, because of the you know the pager that, that went off. But people were saying there was never a moment for her and the Avengers to sort of talk. But I feel like they tr- they did add a little bit of that when they were debating what to do and she was going off. They kind of had a moment where they're talking and getting to know her and getting to know. But what were your kind of opinions on her inclusion at the beginning of the movie? Well, like I think they they kind of did that on purpose because you know Captain Marvel's still fresh in everybody's yeah. minds and they didn't want to like give up too much in this movie yeah in order to maybe mess up what they're going to do in the next movie for her cinematic universe yeah um so i kind of get it but i kind of see what everybody's saying like i kind of was like oh i thought she was going to be a much bigger deal like she is in the end like she's a major part of what mm-hmm. causes uh the the end battle for them to win but mm-hmm. like you really learn nothing more about her mm-hmm. other than she gets a haircut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, like, I kind of, I, like, I agree with what you're saying. I feel like you should save it for the movies as well. And I di- what I didn't want coming into this movie was Captain Marvel to come in and save the day. That's not what I wanted because yeah. this was supposed to be a cap off of the people we've known. We're just getting to know Captain Marvel. So I kind of agree with you. I think they used her very effectively. Mm-hmm. Have her come in at the beginning. There, I-, I believed and understood exactly why she would leave. She, They say it right there. Not every planet where all this is happening, people have lost half their civilizations everywhere in the universe. No one else has the Avengers. So she has to go out there. She has to leave. She has to help police the universe. So it made sense for her to leave and come back. So I kind of liked the way she was utilized, but I know that that was a lot of people were critical of that and how she was used in the film. Yeah, I mean, I want to go back to Captain Marvel and the, and the third yeah. section. We're talking, But uh, yeah, I mean, the problem with Captain Marvel is that she's so powerful that like, it becomes a problem yeah. if your character is like basically not flawed yeah then it's boring well and we also see i mean they do a really good job at the beginning of weakening thanos so when they show up to thanos's garden 
half of his body is burned off because he destroyed the stones. They don't know this yet, but they they figure that out. And all the Avengers essentially manhandle him. Yeah. Um, but that's because he's so weak. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of talk about her a little bit in the final battle. Yeah, like but... basically Man of War kind yeah. of taking him out. Like he had yeah. him in a headlock and he's like, yeah. I can't move. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was done. Really? Man of War saves yeah. the day? Yeah. No. So basically we, we end that first section with Thor cuts Thanos' head off. The stones have been destroyed and the, the heroes have to go back to Earth to basically try to move on with their lives. So now the time jump happens. So let's get into the second part um, of the movie, the kind of middle part. Um and we basically are trying to see people move on from this horrible thing. And I, what I really liked was how things didn't, like all the, the camera shots of the world and everything, like things are still somewhat in flux, which I think would was very realistic. I don't think in a five-year period, if half the population was gone, would things go back to normal instantaneously? Like clearly sport, like the, the football or baseball you know, arena they showed was like empty and clearly hadn't been used because like why would people get back to that? So clearly life's kind of slowly getting, but very, very slowly getting back to normal for people. Um, so the first big, I would say, event that happens is as we find out how Ant-Man gets back and it's because a, a rat steps on <laughs> the controls of his van that's being kept in like a storage facility. Did anyone recognize Ken Jung? as the yes, security guard. No. Yeah. So he he's the one who who lets uh, Paul Rudd out of the out of the cage there. He's he's at the self storage. He's the security guard. So yet another actor from the TV show community, community. has yeah. made their cameo yeah. or their guest spot yeah. in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Huh. So Ant-Man returns and essentially tells everybody, okay, I was in the quantum realm. I've been I, this past 5 years has felt like 5 hours to me has some sort of idea about time travel and something to do with it, but has no idea where to go from it. So now I want to talk about the the kind of people they go after. So first, where where Tony Stark is. Um, he's got a family. He's basically recovered from his injuries, but has isolated himself in some cabin somewhere that, he, that he's living there. Um, so they go to speak to him. So what, what were your sort of impressions on as this movie is unfolding? Like, talk about any of the people they go to find, because then we see what the Hulk's up to. Thor, I think there's some interesting surprises there. So talk about anything in, in there that you guys want. What were you thinking about them basically visiting and, and seeing where these Avengers are five years later? Okay, so first of all, the rat thing, <laughs> lame. Uh, oh, you didn't like that? No, and I'm hoping that later on, like in a, in a, in like in future movies, we find out there's a rat man, <laughs> and like there's a man who can turn himself into a rat, and then a rat and then actually in actuality there was a purpose for it, and that rat man actually was involved it, in, in my second viewing i was actually looking really hard at that part yeah. to see if he even did step on anything <laughs> to see if it was just like coincidental there was just a rat there and also the machine turned on just no he, he oh no it was supposed to be the rat turned so, it on yeah. by accident it was it was funny but yeah it was i agree it was a i mean weird. i like that way better than the than the nick fury i thing from Captain Marvel. Like, if we're getting any spoilers. Oh. Like, the rat thing didn't bother me half as much as the fact that Nick Fury's eye was lost because oh. a cat scratched it out. Like, I, I don't know. To me, that was, like, kind of a, an okay MacGuffin of, like, it's not really going to be that important the, how he gets back. The only thing, though, is that that eye thing really has nothing to do with the story. This whole story has to that's do true. with this yeah. rat yeah. stepping yeah, out the of rat, the rat. If that didn't happen, yeah. the rest of the movie The rat saved true. the day. Yeah. Now, I'm not a Hawkeye fan, and I and honestly, I don't know what's going on with Jeremy Renner. I hope he's okay. Mm. He's not looking very good. No. Uh, he's looking a little pasty, and um, looks like he could probably 
use a workout routine perhaps <laughs> but um I like that they the casting of his family. Mm. I mean, Linda Cardellini is an amazing character actor, and and like the kids were adorable, and like that was like for me, I was like, oh, like I was like, okay, I I that that's the most beautiful family ever, and like you really sort of feel for him because of the casting of the family, even if you don't really care. Yeah, for the character. and his daughter is being like the daughter he was teaching is being played by one of the director's daughters. Oh, cool. One of the Russo. I can't remember which one, but one of the Russos, that's that's their daughter. Well, let's talk about him, too. So so I know that one of the Russo brothers played the gay man in Captain America's yes, uh, in the grieving, grieving, group. grieving group at the church, <laughs> the old church or whatever. And uh, he gets to talk about, you know, going on a date again with some bro. And uh, and then uh, in in subsequent interviews, the brothers have prided themselves for uh finally putting a gay character into the into the marvel universe okay. and uh and that he felt it was important that he played the gay man mm. because it showed that he was really invested in making this happen and i was like that's not really how it works no not really. if you're really invested you would have cast a gay man yeah, yeah. it's been 11 years um <laughs> He probably yeah, should have did that a long time ago too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like whatever. Um, so, but that was kind of neat. Anyways, that Captain America is kind of like, oh yeah, cool. You gotta, yeah. He's even bad an eye that like, oh, there's no. a gay guy there. Like, no. And that was a, that was a nice moment. Like yeah. there was no batting of the eye, and there was yeah. no like, let me show you how okay I am with this. Like it was yeah. just like, okay, great. Matter like, of fact, exactly. Matter yeah. of fact. And yeah. also another just little Easter egg in there. The other guy that speaks in the group, the kind of bald guy um, who asks questions and stuff, he was the original comic book writer of the Infinity Gauntlet run. Oh, cool. So he came up with the idea. He first created Thanos and that idea. So cool. they kind oh, of threw him neat. a little cameo. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Scarlett Johansson did, uh, like, this was this section of the movie was really, like, uh, where ScarJo got to mm-hmm. sort of be a little bit more, show more of her character. Yeah, absolutely. I, I find, like, her character has always been sort of one note, and, like, it's kind of hard for her. It's the same thing with Hawkeye. Like, they don't, re- they're not really superheroes. They're just athletic yeah, yeah. <laughs> and smart. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean supernaturally so yeah. in her case yeah. but like there's they're they're harder to be seen because mm-hmm. everyone else has such incredible powers mm-hmm. but um her sort of defeatist sort of weary attitude of, um of being this leader of depressed people yeah was actually i really liked seeing that side of her you know making the peanut butter sandwich and that was like the highlight of her day and yeah. you know like it, it was great because it was it was maudlin but it wasn't we're they were very careful in in treading that line so that the audience doesn't get depressed yeah. watching a bunch of people basically grieving like like the TV yeah. show The Leftovers, yeah. which is essentially the same deal. It's like mm-hmm. you know a large portion of the population just gets is gone, right? It's yeah. just, and like and ha- and they spent five seasons you know, being miserable. Well, and I think they did actually do a very good job of showing characters reacting differently to that. Because, yeah, you, like, you had Black Widow, who was clearly pretty, you know, pretty depressed with everything, but was trying to keep things together. Like, she was communicating over space with all the different Avengers that were left and trying to keep some semblance of order. Captain America is doing exactly what Captain America would do, which is on the ground trying to meet with people and talk to them and help them through it. Um, you've got like, but then you've got someone like the Hulk who kind of went on and lived his life. I mean, like Bruce Banner. So basically the big thing with him is 
he he kind of reconciles with the Hulk and becomes the Hulk slash Banner in one. So it's it's as smart and intelligent as Bruce Banner, but is in the body of the Hulk. Yeah, I and I that. yeah, I thought that was great. I mean, for comedy, first of all, that was excellent. But also it kind of made sense. Like for Bruce Banner, he kind of just tried to move on and that made sense for him. He's very intelligent. I think he he did the best he could. And it was the same with Tony Stark. Like, yes, everyone lost something, but I feel like they still tried to make a life out of what they were doing. It was nice to see that difference. Um, and then, of course, you had Thor, who who literally, um, <laughs> what did they, what did the rocket call him? Look like melted ice cream. Like he basically <laughs> lost, Thor lost all his muscle mound and was basically just this lump um, of a person. But I also appreciated that because that is a very common you almost saw the different ways people react to loss and depression. And that is something that happens. Like he just basically lost himself. Um, and I thought that was kind of really cool that they were showing us these different ways that people react. I really liked uh, Hulk's um, when he describes how he lost twice because mm. he lost as Bruce Banner when he was in the big Iron Man suit. And then Definitely. At the beginning of the movie, he lost as Hulk. Yeah. But he still had the, a, a positive way of, of sort of dealing with it by, like you said, reconciling with the Hulk and... Well, yeah. Whereas you would think maybe he would react more like Thor, where he'd be, you know, kind of solemn and lolling in his own pity. But yeah, it just, you're right. It just shows you how different people can react to different circumstances. But it also, like, think of yourself when something bad happens. Like, I don't know how many times I've basically pulled a Thor in my life, but you want to pull a Bruce Banner, where it's like you take these two sides of you and you reconcile and you could become essentially the best of both sides of this person. But yeah, it's, it's it's interesting how they made those conscious choices to show us as they were putting the team back together, not to jump into the time heist, what is everyone doing and what they're doing. Also, I thought Paul Rudd in this section was the best, some of the best acting I've seen him do. I mean, he just, he comes in and is a major focal point for this movie after kind of sitting out the last one. The first thing his character does when he comes back is like, what happened to my daughter? has she disappeared Mm -hmm. and that being his focus and then you see him sort of switch his mindset to okay now i gotta try to help people i thought paul rudd was amazing yes i agreed agreed. he had a very genuine reaction to seeing his daughter yeah too when he does eventually find her i almost makes me think if they didn't tell him that it was going to be a different actor like he just was like yeah in total shock i agree so either it's great great acting chops or they maybe just pulled a fast one on him was like hey here's what your daughter looks like now but either way it was really well done Paul Rudd and I are the same age, so he's sort of like I, I say Paul Rudd is my spirit animal, but like I know like as long as Paul Rudd looks okay and youthful, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then I feel good about my age. He looks so young in he's this movie. So, yeah, yeah, he does. He like he doesn't age well, and like he's he's like Robert Downey Jr. Like he balances drama and comedy so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was very touching when he's reunited with his yeah. daughter. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to New Asgard, New, New As- Asgardia, or As- Asgard. New Asgard. New Asgard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I didn't notice it the first time around, but the second time around, I appreciated the camera work uh, in that it uh, when so New Asgard for listeners uh, who may have forgotten, like that that the planet was destroyed. They've now moved to Earth, and they're sort of posing as. Oh, this village has always been here. We don't yeah. really know yeah. what the story is yet yeah, with that, yeah, yeah. but like they've they're now incorporated in Earth. Even though I felt like they all got butchered by Thanos, well, so I there must have been two ships. Yeah, I think they I think they sort of said that some people escaped. Some people escaped because okay. people did get away right. in the beginning, and then half of who got away 
disappeared. So that's why there's only a handful of them left. I mean, okay. you look at that. It looks I was like there's confused, 50 people I was living confused, there. Like, not like in the, in the yeah. last film when, yeah. with Lo- when Loki got killed, I thought those were that was everybody left no, from I think the planet. Some got away. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously they did. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, but I liked that the camera uh, is set at the end of the dock. So you see the fishermen and whatever, but like that dock would have been the bridge. Yeah. Like in the old the old planet. Now yeah. it's just this rickety old yeah. old dock, this yeah. pier, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. That they sort of took it from that vantage point. And also using the humor that the the, the dudes who, who did the last Thor Ragnarok, like that was clearly still there and the characters that they had <laughs> yeah. in that playing Korg Fortnite. Re- Korg returns, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because like, even though Thor let himself go, he still looked better than Jeremy Renner. Oh, for sure. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I think, you know, he he's still as Guardian and still has all these powers. So he's let himself go and for whatever. But he's still, I mean, he's just a weaker version of what Thor is, but still has abilities and powers as we see. But I think they did a good job, again, in the story-wise. They had to figure out reasons to get rid of Captain Marvel and to make Thor weaker. Because if Thor, at, I still think Thor at his full strength can take on Thanos at his full strength. And that's essentially what we're going to end up seeing later is Thanos, a younger version of Thanos fighting the Avengers. So I think they did a good job of giving a believable reason why Thor would be depressed, out of shape, not like still has all his powers and abilities, but it's like an, a professional athlete's out of shape. Probably could still beat all three of us in whatever sport that athlete's doing. But if you take him out for a couple of months, it might be more of an even thing. Like the skills are like muscles. You have to, you have to, you know, utilize them and do things and and keep up to date. So I think they did a really good job with Thor of like, okay, we're going to knock him down a peg and that's going to help us kind of move the story. Also, I mean, like, I, I know that Chris Hemsworth has been pretty public in saying, like, he's really happy that they've taken this direction with his character yeah, because absolutely. he didn't like the seriousness of Thor. And, like, and they, I think they finally, Thor's finally got his groove with a lot more playful, a, yeah. a playful approach to him. And, and like, this tackling of grief being quite sad but also there's some levity there yeah. with just like the way he's let himself go and that they've all become yeah. a bunch of frat boys and he's really changed his, his chris hemsworth has changed his tune when it comes to these movies like he's said he's open to returning and of some of the originals he's one of the only ones that really came out publicly and said like i'm opening to con- i'm i'm open to continuing so yeah. i think that that probably plays into that as well um, so before we get to time travel, because I want to talk about that and I want to talk about the jumps through time and the laws of time travel, the kind of last point I want to hit on is just about um, the integration of, of sort of giving Tony a family, which I thought was a very interesting thing for what happens at the end of the movie. He is a character now that has probably more to lose than anybody else has because he's put roots down he has a five-year-old daughter like clearly he basically tried to move on so i thought that was like a really interesting move for them is like give trying to give these characters very reasonable reasons why we don't just immediately jump back through time and do stuff like i thought they did a this is a movie that shows me a maturity in screenwriting like it's not just a comic book movie i thought they were showing mature reasons and ways to put our characters in positions where Tony and Captain America can essentially continue their argument from Civil War. Like, it was sort of throwing back to those things, and I I really loved, like, Paul Rudd, I think his, his second best moment in the movie, other than the, the daughter thing that Andrew brought up, was him and Tony Stark sitting on the porch arguing about w- to do this, and about Paul Rudd explaining what he's lost, and, like, having that 
you know, argument between the two of them. I thought that was a really powerful moment that they had. So again, I just thought that that was interesting, the, the giving him the family and something to lose. It was also very interesting how Pepper Potts was kind of the reason why he decided to help out anyways. Mm. You know, she was both the reason why he didn't want to, but then also was also the reason why with having that little talk with him after he found the answer. That's true. Once he sort of discovered, basically they go to Tony Stark because they need a, a way to control um, the, the time travel for people who, who are trying to keep track of where we are. So they go to Tony Stark. He, I don't know, it's very unclear. He might have been working on this already. Like, it seems like he's done work um, before. But yeah, that conversation he has with Pepper where she, I think she says something like, you know, will you be able to rest fully if you just ignore this? And it's true, he can't. That's yeah, not the. That's not his nature. He makes some quip about throwing it at the bottom of the ocean and then going to bed. And yeah. he's like, well, will you be able to rest yeah, after that? Yeah, yeah. Because he's always been about putting a suit of armor around the world, protecting it, doing things to before things happen. Captain America's always been about we avenge, we wait. It's reactive, not not proactive. So it made a lot of sense that his character couldn't ignore an opportunity to fix everything. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like Pepper, that whole scene, like I don't think Pepper actually advocated either way. I think she, she I mean, she obviously gave her blessing without yeah. actually giving her blessing. Yeah. Like, I think like that was sort of well-written as well because I didn't think that like, I think she probably would have been happier if he didn't go. I mean, because they had it pretty ideal. But I mean, her point was, like, was pointing out privilege, right? That they were extremely lucky. Yeah. You know, you look at, you know, like, again, you look at, uh, what's his face there? Arrow boy. And Hawkeye. he lose, he lost everybody. <laughs> and, like, they did okay for themselves. And then they've got this cute little... Sidekick name? Arrow boy? Cute little <laughs> daughter. Um, Jeremy Renner is taking a real beating in this podcast. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um... I don't know if you've ever, if you guys have ever seen the, the TV show Lost, mm -hmm. but um, I was getting a Lost vibe um, in when he had the daughter because in, in Lost at one point there's a, a time jump as well. Yeah. And one of the characters has a son and he didn't have a son before. And I was like, okay, here we go. But I mean, she's sort of like the reason, she's the stakes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and he says like, we can't change this like i want this done right so yeah. that when at the end of the day morgan's still here yeah you know so now we know that they can't just like bring them back you know or go back in time and like it starts yeah. back in 2018 or yeah. whatever 2017 yeah that like if we're gonna bring them back we're gonna bring them back five years later and here's the maturity of both tony stark and steve rogers where if this movie took place in 2012 in the first Avengers movie, they would jump in the portal immediately. Like they just weren't thinking this way, but both of them have moments where they say, we have to do this right. So they've learned from these sort of mistakes, which is a really interesting theme about superhero movies that I personally like, is when you, even when you rescue something, look at all the destruction that's caused by your existence and by things doing. So even though you, you know, you agree with Captain America and you have to step in and you have to be there, you kind of see that civil war argument coming back as like, we're causing a lot of these problems as well. So I thought the maturity of those characters, they've grown to a point where we're not doing this until we can do it right, um, which I thought was, was really cool. Hmm. So I want to get into the laws of time travel in this movie oh, God. because this I actually I really liked how they explained it and how they made it a little bit different. So they basically said no matter what you do in the past, you can't change your current future because it becomes your past. And essentially, if you go back and change something, you're kind of changing it for your reality. 
your your changing realities in the past. So that's why they have to go back and get the stones from different points in their history and bring it to their time frame and and snap people back into existence as opposed to going back and killing Thanos because they explain that does nothing. That doesn't change our reality. It changes somebody else's reality. So this opens up a lot of cool things for, for some of their spinoff series, which we're going to get to at the end there. Um, but I really thought that it was cool how they explained it and they separate into three teams to go back to get the Infinity Stones. And we kind of got to see three different time points along the Avengers movie from 2012, the attack on New York in the original Avengers movie, 2014, uh, they go to Asgard during a, a Thor to Dark World. And I think it was 2014 or 16, I can't remember which year, um, I think it was 2016 that the first uh, Guardians Galaxy came out. So they go there to kind of get the, the other stones. So I thought that was a really interesting thing. But they basically go through time. Um, and I thought those sequences were really well done. The time travel and, and visiting those other movies. What did you guys think of those? Yeah, it was it was fun to sort of go back to some of those mm -hmm. movies. I liked how, you know, they didn't focus on the storylines of those movies a lot but you got to see little snippets yeah where you're like oh yeah i remember when that happened or and kind of things that you wouldn't have gotten to see like in between like at the end of avengers you kind of got to see how they captured loki and go down in the elevator and meet up with shield and you see those ones like that was so cool yeah yeah, yeah. that was that was pretty neat too yeah i mean like time travel movies always make me go huh um so like i try not to dwell too much on like the new rules um, cause then I was just like, no, I'm not going to do this because it's, I'm just going to get confused and I just want to sit back and enjoy yeah, this. I just yeah. feel they put yeah. the word quantum a lot in front of things. <laughs> just, oh, that's the explanation. That, and I think yeah. Ant-Man says that in the second Ant-Man yeah. movie. He says, yeah. don't you guys just put quantum in front of it? Which is funny cause I think he says quantum the most yeah, in all yeah, the... Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He, he learned from that. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. I sound smarter if I say quantum. <laughs> um, I know in the, so like the, I guess the only... Um, set piece that wasn't from the original films was the was the the base in the yeah. set in the seventies. Yeah, so, so we, we got to see yeah. Peggy again and or Pe yeah, Peggy. yeah, Peggy, yeah, yeah Peggy, yeah, and Peggy some Carter. of the I think one of the cast members from the TV the short lived TV show that she yes yep. was in. But we also got to see Tony's dad again and well, and that was a great moment. I think like they you know basically when they go to twenty twelve the Tesseract something goes wrong and Loki escapes with it. So they have to go get one of the stones and more pin particles. So I, I again I felt like they they answered a question I was asking myself earlier. Oh, if you only have a certain amount of pin particles, why don't you go back in time and steal pin particles? Well, they answer that. They do do that. Um, it just doesn't come to them instantaneously. So again, I thought that was another great moment where they got a chance. Howard, you know, Howard Stark and Tony Stark getting a great moment together, but also getting a chance to see Peggy Carter again, seeing some of those emotions that Captain America is feeling, reminding you what his big struggle has been, which is he basically is a man out of time. So yeah, I thought that was a really great moment jumping back, and I really loved everything they did to make it look like. The, those movies like they really made it look like the time and you felt they were traveling through time yeah also that scene also had another community uh, cast member yes Yvette Nicole Brown in the uh, elevator yeah. yeah yeah very funny and uh, I did I see I didn't realize that 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 was the Stan Lee cameo when he says hippie or whatever he said baby well um, shave your beard, you hippie, or something like that. He, dr he drives away in the car or something. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he yells yeah, something yeah. at them. Yeah, he yells something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I thought that was Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. So I was very confused. I was like, yeah. oh, why, why, why does he look... Apparently, they filmed a couple Stanley cameos oh, okay. before he passed away. So apparently, there's a few more movies where he's he's in there. So so speaking of Michael Douglas, I was, for example, like he, I think that they did a... They, 
the technology is great now what they yeah. can do with and it's a little scary yes um because i think about like the the sort of weird looking princess leia in um in star Wars in rogue one, rogue one. where she no oh, or the uh the, the christopher or the uh peter cushing uh character yes um they did they didn't look human no there was something weird about them whereas like in the avengers movies like they, I'm, I'm or i could think of i think it was civil war when they they uh Aged down Robert Downey Jr. For yeah, his... they did it in Civil War, and then Samuel L. Jackson and and Captain Marvel they aged him down for the entire movie. Yeah, and um, it looked yeah. realistic, like yeah. it look it's frighteningly real. And like there there's that Michael Douglas was on the phone or whatever, and he looked like he was Michael Douglas in the China Syndrome in the seventies. <laughs> like it was like wow, this is eerily like it's so creepy, but like really cool what yeah. they can do nowadays with technology. Well, it's interesting because then you get it, you can do these sort of prequels. And still use the actors, which which is a, a thing that's really interesting because there are some blanks. You want to fill in some blanks, but if you want to do something like Captain Marvel, you can do that. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson still looks great, but you age him down, and and I mean, he looked amazing in that movie. Yeah, yeah it was like the first maybe five minutes he was on screen. I was like, oh, that's that's different, and then I completely forgot about it. You get used to it, yeah, and it just really disappears. Yeah, you just like, oh yeah, that's him. Like he's that's who he is. Yeah, and of course, like Hollywood's gonna play with this technology now. Like there's that movie coming out with Will Smith where it's Fresh Prince. Yes, Will Smith era yeah. versus like new like today's age Will Smith. Um, you mentioned Loki disappearing uh, earlier, and I think that that's probably the way they're going to bring that actor back. I was wondering how they were going to do the TV show. So Disney Plus, they've announced a bunch of TV shows that are Marvel that are going on their Disney Plus streaming scene, and a Loki TV show is what they've announced. So they, yeah. there you go. They just opened yeah. the door. For they sure. just opened the door. Like yeah. he's going to like be sort of dislodged in time, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And the fact that he has the Tesseract, I mean, that allows you to jump through space anyway who right. know with loki who yeah. knows what you can do yeah he could just be out, out of time himself um and jumping through creating mischief so it's gonna be like an anti-hero doctor who yeah well and it's the loki before like thor ragnarok where i feel like right, he changed so a little bit it's the villain so he, he's a vil he's yeah. more villain right because yeah. it's 2012 i think right it was yeah, the loki yeah, the yeah. First, he was the villain of that movie yeah, yeah and that's the that's the loki that's that's out there so yeah it's yeah. very interesting for that um they also kind of i think lent to the time travel thing really well in in what they did with giving Thor a moment um, with his with his mother again, which is another thing. Like the fan question, which we'll get to, has to do with an overall parental theme of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been very much fathers and sons um, or connecting to some sort of authority and what that means, whether whether it be good or bad. So I felt like the the moment with Thor and his mom again was kind of a cool thing to have, like give, giving him giving him something to snap him back out of his slump a little bit and having that. I felt like it was necessary. He needed something, mm -hmm. or he was just going to be a blob for the rest of the movie. I also really liked Rocket's little speech that he gives yeah, him too, totally. which is kind of out of character for him. But, you know, just to show you that, you know, even this sort of like, I don't care what's going on sort of character, you know, I don't care about anything. But he does, obviously. Yeah, he really, yeah. he, he even makes a little joke about the, the antenna lady. But he still somebody, obviously, yeah. he was worth mentioning. So, totally. He cares know. enough to want to get everyone so, back. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. yeah Thor, Thor, like, basically forces him to be an adult yeah, or a grown-up raccoon. Or whatever. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, Renee Russo, I mean, I, I think I... At one point, I said, "Whatever happened to Renee Russo?" Because like she was like she was like the it girl in the '80s mm -hmm. for so many, especially action movies and the Lethal Weapon movies and everything else. And then she just kind of disappeared. 
And then she showed up again in the Thor movies, which I thought was really cool. But then they never... She was completely underutilized. Totally. So, I mean, I think that if they hadn't in the last Thor movie, pretty much end all, be all, that was it with Anthony Hopkins' character there with yeah. Dad. Like, they had to use Renee Russo. And I'm glad they did, because she was actually... That was, that was some really classy work. And it was a nice, nuanced conversation. And I loved the that they... You know, when she said, when she recognized him right away is from the, from a different time. Yeah, yeah. And she says, well, look, I was raised by witches. Yeah, like, yeah. I know what's going yeah, on here. Yeah. It was, I thought it was cool. And I also really liked getting to see Tilda Swinton again, um, being yeah. like the, the, the ancient one. Um, I thought, again, I, I felt like they, these cameo characters played by really, really strong actors, we got a second chance to see and work with them, which just adds to, to, I think, the movies they were in before. Like, I, I will honestly look at that conversation between Thor and his mom and, and know that for mm-hmm. other the movies. So even though she's being unutilized, they've added these things. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt they did a great job. And I will give the writers and the Russo brothers credit for that. They did a really good job of saying, like, let's really cap this off. So when you look at the, the 22 movies, you've got all this extra information about characters, which kind of helps you to in, to inform them. So, yeah, I thought that was really nice of they were able to bring back all these people. Probably cost mm. a lot of money, but they did it. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I was joking. Like, we got to see Natalie Portman, but she took the world's most expensive nap. That probably cost millions of dollars to have her just wake up from a nap. That was all she did. I thought, I honestly thought that that was, like, footage from, so, like, like B-roll footage or something that mm. they never used. Because they probably could have found something that, could have, that, yeah. of her mm. napping somewhere and yeah. just used it. And, like, it could have been a stand-in. Like yeah. when you see her from far away in the distance, like yeah. she had no lines, yeah. no anything. No, but. but they brought they brought her in and said, "Can you just lay here and wake up?" Okay, great. <laughs> like that was it. But she probably went like over schedule, just like trying to like figure out how she was going to. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to kind of the final section of the movie. The, they they return. They've got all the stones. Um, before actually, let's let's quickly talk about um, Hawkeye and and uh, Black Widow going um, going to. Um, it's not Morag. That's the other planet. But uh, go, going to get the Soul Stone. So as an audience, we know what has to happen. But none of the characters have a sense as to what's going on. But I thought one of them did know. No. So so um, yeah, doesn't doesn't Nebula know? Nebula knows that that where the Soul Stone is, and Nebula knows that Gamora came back, but she has no idea why. Because even in in Infinity War, um, when she discovers that, um, and they're fighting on Titan with with Thanos she doesn't know why she just says he killed her like he's the she she's I believe I believe she says I thought that was a big plot no no um I I don't think she she had any sense of it if she did then she's not as good as I think she is now (laughs) because she let them go to their death I don't think anyone has a sense as to what you're supposed to just that I think Black Widow figures it out when they're there, they find out from Red Skull what you're supposed to do and realizes, oh, Thanos didn't come back with his daughter. They knew that she died there but had no idea why. So I think that that they just had no sense in, in what was happening and, and that one of them would have to give their life to get this stone. Okay, well, anyways, it's lame. <laughs> that thing was lame. I was upset because, like, you've got basically, like, one character, one, like, female character other like, until mm-hmm. the other ones join. But, like... And you just kill her off to sacrifice this story, yeah. and I thought it was dumb. Well, I thought it was going to be Hawkeye. I, I, I was it should have been Hawkeye. It was going to be him. Yeah, because he of had how more they to, set everything up. He had more. To, he had this beautiful family yeah. that he was going to yeah. sacrifice himself for. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was. I I don't think 
I also, for some reason, thought like the connection between the two of them. I don't think it was all that strong enough to have this like fight. Like, well, they explained that they were quite connected, like through. But the other I know they explained it, were, but I didn't you know. feel like the chemistry was there. I don't feel like they really invested that mm. much into their relationship through the series of films. Um, for them to be fighting over like who was yeah. going to kill them. Get, well, and I think they had. Him. I mean, they always they always joke around about Budapest, and there's clearly been a relationship there that we haven't seen. No, we haven't seen it. No, but there, yeah. there's always been the hinting of something. Yeah, I just thought. I I thought. I just thought like you've got the one female in the whole like in the original core, and you're mm-hmm. just gonna she's gonna sacrifice herself. Uh, nah. Like I wasn't, I wasn't there for it. They they do have a Black Widow prequel plan, don't they? Yeah, they do. So yeah. Maybe they'll well, explain. Yeah, that they have a Black Widow movie, but it's a little which, late. Yeah, yeah it'll well, have to be. You a hope it will be a prequel. prequel unless, yeah, because yeah, I mean, yeah, you sacrifice yourself. Yeah. Then that's pretty final. And actually, if you did come back, then it would really screw up. Well, and I think that's what like. they said. Like Gamora didn't come back. Yeah. And neither does Black Widow. Like I think yeah. the entire idea is they are gone. Yeah. Those, like those. But again, you know, other than Antenna Lady. Gamora was the only female in this mm-hmm. in this group mm-hmm. of bros yeah. and the raccoon yeah. and now and then again the uh, the only female yeah, yeah. no like, and I and I get your point with that and I think that that's to me I I was convinced it was going to be Hawkeye and they kind of had me second guessing throughout the whole time because they were you know fighting as to who was going to do it but I will say toss her gender aside for a second character wise. It made total sense. She has things to atone for. I mean, we don't know what they are, but she said that several times. And she was like, I don't know. She's kind of done as far as I was concerned. Like, I think she, the pit of despair she was in, she kind of was coming out of it a little bit. But it was pretty clear to me that this was a character that I think was, was nearing an end anyway. It's kind of a similar reason why I thought... I mean, we'll get to the end of it. Well, I thought everything that happened at the end happened in a good way. I think she's clearly screwed up. She feels she has to atone for something, and this might be one of the only ways to do it. However, I probably would have been just as satisfied as if it had been Hawkeye, because then she would return, feel that guilt, and the fight would sort of go from there. I wonder what would have happened if it actually ended up being Hawkeye that comes in and takes over this what Scarlet Johan- what Black Widow has been doing. And just sort of holding everyone together, and then she's it. on a she's on a rampage because yeah, that's that what she would have been doing before Absolutely. she was for the Avengers. Right? Actually, flipped their entire roles in this yeah. movie, and it actually might have been quite interesting. Yeah, she, especially once she does die, what Hawkeye does in the final act of the movie put her in there. Right. I think it's just as in, like just as compelling. Yeah. So yeah, that would be an interesting thing. Yeah, that she wasn't like the mom yeah. role, yeah. but that she went back to being this yeah. ruthless assassin, and he continued his parental role yeah. that he had kind of. Yeah, that would have actually made more sense. But I, I feel that the only reason why they decided it was Hawkeye to, to live was so they could have that little end part where he reunites with his family because that's how the movie started. Yeah. I think yeah, that's very true. I think that's the but like you know, and again, I agree. It's kind of a waste of of that. They've announced character because, like you said, is one of the only yeah. female ones. But I think that's really the only reason why they were like oh okay so we should probably make it be Hawkeye because we're gonna have this nice little reunion at the end and they've announced a Hawkeye TV show on Disney Plus but I think he's training his daughter I think that's the idea like I think it's Mm. she becomes the new Hawkeye which happens in the comic book has it been announced that it's gonna be the the actors Jeremy Renner is signed on Black Widow though there has been no confirmation that Scarlett Johansson's even in the movie interesting because oh, the Black Widows that's, are that's, a that's different thing. right there. Yeah. Like, you can't say no to that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Jeremy Renner has signed on to do this, okay. but I believe it's more in a Mr. Miyagi role type mm. of thing. Like he's, I think he's going to be training his daughter mm. for whatever reason to become Hawkeye. 
I think you're right too, Andrew. I think like one of the other things is like it gives them a chance to say like because he has a family and she doesn't, right? But then it's it gives them a chance to say like she didn't have a family, she had us. Yeah. Like we were her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sort of cemented that like they were they're not just working together, that yeah. they're it also keeps the team going a bit too, because now they have something else to avenge yeah, now. Exactly. It's true. Like she, she was always kind of the heart to a lot of things. Even in Civil War, where she had a relatively small role, I felt she had a really important one. She was the really the person who was struggling in between Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. And I feel like that her, yeah, I feel like that moment was really well done. When after after her death, when they come back, I felt like everything within there was was really well done with the way they talked and what they did to move on and kind of again them sniping at each other, mm-hmm. them you know the everyone dealing with the pain so differently that it causes friction between this group. So yeah, I thought that was really good. So we enter the final act. The final big battle happens. Basically, Thanos uh, because uh, the the two um, nebulas switch. Um, they said the, the nebula in the past goes and to the future and Thanos is going to attack. His ship comes through. Um, Thanos from the past ends up attacking them right after the Hulk snaps his finger. So he snaps his finger. We've got everybody back because the phone rings and it's Hawkeye's wife. It's great every moment. And then I just love that moment of the Hulk is on the ground. He's really hurt from snapping and the ship comes through and just you don't hear anything but you can see the shots come because the light's coming through and you don't hear anything and just the the attack on the avengers base i thought that was so well done and shocked me like it really surprised me as to what happened i didn't know what was going on i didn't know if anyone was alive or dead i didn't know what happened and they were all shocked and confused as to what was going on i thought that was really well. i liked the the moment right before too and when uh Ant-Man's looking out and looking at this beautiful tree and how, you know, life's starting yeah. to kind of get better the because the back, birds are yeah. back and, and stuff like that. Birds. And then, then it's like, okay, now we're going to bomb the crap out of it. Yeah, the birds are all dead. <laughs> the, like, birds came back. <laughs> the birds came back and then they're all dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I, a tree. And I think, again, like, I thought the movie did such a great job of explaining what was going to happen with snapping the fingers and the Hulk saying it had to be him and... Obviously, it could be Thor, but again, he's weakened and he's not in his best shape. I thought that was a fantastic sequence. And then just, you know, having Thanos there again to fight them, there was no better moment to to me in the movie, even though it was full of amazing moments. Just the small moment of Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor walking around the corner for the three of them to fight Thanos Mm -hmm. while they don't know where the gauntlet is. It's buried underneath everything. They don't know what's going on, but the three of them are like, we got to get him now. This is our chance. Mm Again, for these three heroes, it's this moment of we kind of began the series with them. As much as they were like they had their first solo movies, they each had three movies. We kind of began with them, and now we get the sequence of them fighting Thanos. I thought that was incredible. I love the fight sequence between him and the three. I know it's so small, but I love those small, isolated battle sequences. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that was really good. And I also liked how they finally had somebody else worthy enough. To wield the, the hammer. Yeah, the <laughs> captain. I almost, I stopped myself from making too many uh, noises in the, in the theater. But I almost screamed when when Mjolnir goes to Captain America. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, this is incredible. I could, and well, again, you had to give him, you had to give Captain America something. He yeah. can't compete with Thanos yeah. physically. Yeah. Like, just couldn't. So you had to give him a weapon. And again, it was just done so perfectly. Fine. He had moral decency. Yeah, moral decency. That's <laughs> yeah. So he'll attack Thanos with moral decency, and Thanos will take his big 
like stick and America's with, ass. Yeah, yeah, America's <laughs> ass. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I loved the the final battle sequence just up until um, you know, up until the obviously the big part of the battle, but just the three of them fighting. Thanos, I could have had that going on for so much longer. But again, it showed how powerful Thanos is even without the stones, how great of a fighter he is. But also Thor's weakened. I mean, Iron Man and Captain America are essentially humans, and that's basically You made a really good point earlier, which I never thought of until you said it, is that this is a younger yeah. um, Thanos. At least because so, he's from 2012. So yeah. at least like this so is, like, you know... You know I know it's not that big of a difference, but he's still, and he hasn't been in that as many battles as the Thanos in Infinity War was. So he's going to be a little bit more, you know, at a one hundred percent versus mm-hmm. where he was there. So that was a good point. So he's even stronger than he was the first time they fought. Well, him. it's like it's like getting someone even even if you go by before the five year jump, you mm-hmm. know, twenty twelve to to twenty eighteen. That's still six years. So he's six years younger. You know, anyone at any point in time to, within their adult life take six years off and i think it makes a difference mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like he was a more physically demanding force and it, it was such a great battle between them because they just they just couldn't keep up with him um you know thor and, and captain america got a couple good hits into him but they they just couldn't you know they couldn't they were no match for him even all three of them together so i thought that was very interesting mm-hmm. so then we get into the final battle sequence we get um we Captain America's I love this moment. His shield's broken in half. He he's facing all of Thanos' forces. Thanos decided, okay, whatever, I'm just unleashing hell onto Earth. He's he's clearly hurt. He straps his shield to him, and it's basically Captain America standing against thousands of people, and then you hear in his ear on your left, Falcon everyone shows up like because everyone's back so clearly dr strange went around and gathered everybody every character you could think of (laughs) shows up to fight this battle an amazing uh, just an amazing moment so i thought of like when i was a little kid and we used to play the action figures and whatever and like we'd have battles and then i remember one time my friend uh he dumped out his toy box and he's like, oh, now you're going to get it. And he dumps his whole to- toy box out of all his toys, right? And that's what reminded me of someone. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, they just dumped the toy box out. Yeah. And, like, every action figure, every, like, whatever was there for this moment. And, yeah, I mean, like, it was a glorious moment. Like, I got goosebumps. It was, like, the timing was perfect. Had everybody you could ever imagine. And some people were like, who? Who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or like, Who's why? That? Yeah, yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> who's, who's Gamora? Why Gamora? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely like goosebump central. There was another sure. moment where I was really holding back <laughs> my, what my reaction was going to be. I was really holding back because just that, just the seeing everyone come there, especially because for a split second, I, I kind of forgot that everyone had returned because of so much happening. They did a good job of like, yeah, they snapped and everyone's back, but everyone's all around. Like there's people on Titan. There's people on Earth. Like everyone's all around the place, probably confused. They have no idea what's going on. It's five years later. So it makes sense it took so long to gather everyone. But I I, I don't know about you. I forgot. I, yeah. I kind of and – I, and I actually – it took me a little while to remember. I was like, Where, why are all these people coming back now? Yeah. Like, it makes sense, like, yeah. story-wise, but I was like, and then, then yeah. Like, how does they like, know oh, about yeah. this? They, they yeah. did Where this have they been 20 minutes ago, right? Yeah. That's, like, yeah. has there been a, did they have a staff meeting? <laughs> like, what happened? And I didn't realize that Sh- Shuri, Black Panther's sister, yes. I didn't realize that she had been snapped 
either. I don't mm-hmm. think they showed her. No, I don't think her. they showed her. And no. I didn't, wasn't sure who she was when she first showed up. And I was like, is that yeah. the sister? Because yeah. we've never seen her kick ass before. Yeah. And again, it makes sense. Like doctors, again, I think they did a really good job of explaining things. Like why is Dr. Strange mm. saw this in the future. So the minute he was snapped back, he knew what to do. Yeah. Like they, you know, he, he knew all the different, you know, he says it to Tony. Like, I can't tell you what happens or it won't happen. He knew all the different possibilities so he knew what to do the minute he got back but it took time because he got all the other sorcerers as well and it was great to see um um wong return i thought he was fantastic um but yeah like I, again it's bringing everyone to that moment was it's such a great you know did, did, did they bring the asgardians yeah they brought all the okay. asgardians because i knew valkyrie was there yeah but I didn't yeah see oh yeah there was yeah. a bunch of asgardians okay. and some of the ships were from asgard okay yeah can i just say that the uh, the i don't know what they're called maybe you guys know what they're called but the flying bad guys that look yes. like Kingston centipedes. Yes. Know, the centipede. They were from the original Avengers movie. Yeah. They're, they're gross. Yeah. Absolutely. Like they're, 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 they're scary. I, I think we should have a whole movie about those things. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those well, cause they, they were part of the original invasion of New York. Oh, in right. the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. If you remember the they first looked, time. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. look creepier now. Oh, they, yeah, for sure. Didn't they have like little compartments that those dudes came shooting out of yes. too and stuff? Like, yeah. So they're not actually, they're, they're, they're mechanical? I don't know if they're mechanical or like, like half, a hybrid. Like, yeah, yeah, like a hybrid. It was, I don't like them. Yeah. yeah they're, they're just creepy. for the record. Um, okay, and then we've got Captain Marvel arrives and things start to go crazy, but we're getting kind of close to the end. So Captain Marvel comes back, which again, I, I really liked the way they, they used her kind of coming back. I So skipping it and jumping around a little bit, I really liked how you got to see a little bit more of how powerful she is when she's hands like hand-to-hand combat with Thanos where he headbutts her and nothing happens. Like (laughs) she just sort of stands there, but he's able to remove the power stone, put it in his hand and punch her in the face and she goes down. So again, it's like showing that she's very, very powerful, but still these infinity stones are so much more powerful than anybody. And I really loved how they, they, again, she wasn't a quick fix. She, she destroyed his ship, but she doesn't just show up and, you know, take Thanos' head off, right? Like, they show that there's limits even to her abilities and, and how smart Thanos is and ability to kind of fight and combat her, which, I again, I was a moment I really liked. Yeah, no, it, and it, uh, that was my biggest worry, like you kind of mentioned at the beginning, was yeah. like that she was just going to come and be the answer to everything. And, you know, in a way she was, but in a, in a really well-written way. Or, you know, it made sense that, oh, okay, she's the person to do this. She's the person to do that. Like when the, the Thanos' ship is raining down on missiles on yeah, them again. Yeah. And she just shows up and just literally goes through it twice and boom, it's gone. That made sense. Yeah. You know, like something had to fix that or the, you know, the movie would end not the way it should have. And, um, but yeah, it, it made sense. So yeah, it it definitely, especially like you said, taking the power stone off and punching her. It really showed that, yeah, like, you know, she's the most powerful of them all, but there's still things that can affect her. Yeah, and to, yeah, and like, yeah, to sacrifice one of those stones is probably, like, a big strategic decision for him. Oh, well. absolutely. And that was yeah. the point, too, yeah. right? Like, because was... he's smart. He's a strategic fighter. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of people who wondered at the beginning of Infinity War, how did he beat up the Hulk so easily? Well, if you rewatch that, it's because he's using actual fighting moves. The Hulk is smashing. That's what the Hulk does. Yeah. But Thanos is, like, hitting him in certain ways and using, like, real, like, I mean, it reminded me of, like, wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. real, like, m- like, he knows how to fight, mm-hmm. which I think we see see the strategicness in him is he's not just a big brute physical force Thanos is very intelligent and that's kind of why it's he's so hard to defeat is he's got kind of both so um I know a lot's been said to you know talked about about this like this 
this uh, when Captain Marvel comes down and yeah. all of the the female uh, characters uh, have her back, sort of thing. And it's just like this one moment in time. And uh, I I thought it was really cool. And I got again, I got the goosebumps. But then uh, I was listening to another podcast, and uh, and the sole female commentator was like, "No, I call bullshit." Like the 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 writers didn't care enough to write fully uh fully fledged female characters um that they always were there to serve the male character and then captain marvel comes down and like for some reason all of the female characters that they are all together in the one <laughs> like square foot of battleground and like how why or whatever and she's like so i say no like i feel like it was like fan service that's that was what she said and uh i was like well that's interesting an interesting thought but i also thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, I kind of like and the I moment. Like, and, I, and like, c- considering like all the trolls that have been so harsh on Captain Marvel, yeah, um, I do think that like it was symbolic in a way, and I feel like it was like Marvel basically saying saying to the trolls like, screw off, like well, and, and I, here yeah. and all the women had Captain Marvel's back. It was ca- yeah. they were surrounding yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah. They were saying she's like yeah. the tent the tent pole or whatever the, yeah. uh, of the of the the yeah. the franchise going forward and and you know this is a moment of solidarity well and to me i actually think take that what you're saying even a step forward not just to the trolls i think they're saying to everyone okay we get it we get it we get what has happened in terms of the first phase for female characters so here's here's almost like a visual promise as to what will happen next mm-hmm. is you will see this moving forward. Like I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense logistically, but <laughs> this is a space battle with centipedes. <laughs> and like if you're thinking about that, like you're focusing on the wrong thing. Like it yeah. was, it is more for the symbolic and the metaphor yeah. and what they're trying to show. And yeah, I think it was fan service. But again, this movie earned those moments and kind of did it so well that I, I I got goosebumps at that moment too. But again, I'm a type of person who looked at that and didn't give a crap what their what their gender was. I looked at them and went, here are my heroes about to do something. But I get it. I get what they were doing and I get why they were doing it. I just think if people are critical of that, they're focusing on the wrong thing. Like yeah. to me, I think it's a promise. That's kind of how I looked at it. I also think that if they wouldn't have done that, somebody would have said something too. I well, because they, you know, they need a lot of those characters needed a moment. Yeah. And yeah, I just don't think you can, there was no way anybody would be completely happy. Like if they did, they did it and people were upset, they they maybe wouldn't have done it and people would have been upset. And I feel, no I feel that. like they did a pretty good job of giving characters moments during this fight. Yeah. And I felt like yeah. that was just a big one yeah. to, to, to give a lot of characters a big moment. And again, I really agree with that rallying behind Captain Marvel mm-hmm. is like, she's our focal point, everyone, whether you like it or not. So here's a rallying point and let's, you know, let's However, go forward. However, if that was, but the point was, it was about gender though, because if it was here, let's rally around Captain Marvel, there would have been a couple of guys in there too. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think it actually would have been a little less, people would have been a little less critical if there were guys there. Yeah, yeah. Like it yeah. wasn't just like, you know, female Avengers unite. It was yeah. like, let's, the Avengers. Yeah are going to yeah. support Captain yeah. Marvel. Yeah, for know, sure. In that moment. But. Do you think maybe they're hinting at that, that there might be like a female Avengers? Well, there is in the comic books, but again, nobody... Like that they're developing something yeah, for Yeah, maybe. Them. I mean, maybe that's that's something... I that... felt like it was like a cue saying like, yeah. this, you're going to see more female... Yes. Yeah. That's what I felt characters. it was, yeah. I, like, yeah. like, you're going to see more yeah. gay characters yeah. and you're going yes. to see... Uh, 
as we're moving towards the end of the the film, talking mm-hmm. the film, we're, you're going to see more black characters. Yes. In higher, yeah, yeah. higher uh, profile. And I, and I think that that's, roles. to me, that's more what it was about, was yeah. about saying, this is what you're going to see moving forward. We're yeah. making this, it's a visual promise because from a visual medium. And again, I thought it was just well done and executed. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so we get to the final um, and, and uh, Iron Man gets the stones and sacrifices himself to basically get rid of this massive army. Um, a moment that... I kind of suspected was coming since the last movie, um, but I again I thought that not only did they did they do it really well, it, the sequences after broke me. This is where I couldn't handle it anymore. Like this was the part of the movie where I just I couldn't. I gave in. I cried. It was super embarrassing. But that's all. Like there was nothing that I could do because I think they did such a good job of doing this. Especially every like these moments, like Spider Man having his little moment. With, with Tony before his death, Pepper having his moment. And, and how easy it would have been to pull a Deadpool 2 and have this like joke like, here's me talking before I die thing. He didn't say a word. Mm-hmm. His last words mm-hmm. were, I am Iron Man, snap of the finger. And that was it. He didn't mm-hmm. say anything. Mm-hmm. He just basically withered away and died. Yeah. But having, like I think we needed that moment for Spider-Man to cry with him, but then to have Pepper come in and basically say to him, it's okay, you can rest now, we're gonna be fine. And then the sort of funeral sequence in the moment with Happy and his daughter, which that still gets me, the cheeseburger thing, was the <laughs> moment where I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like they just, I don't know, I felt like they did this moment so well. What did you guys think of kind of how, how things ended there? I Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the cheeseburger thing. Like, I totally even forgot about that, about oh, Iron Man 1. That's the first thing he wanted when and he came back. the first yeah, thing he wanted yeah, when he came back. And, yeah. like, yeah, it was just like, wow, like, way to bring it full circle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought he was going to ask her if she felt like sitting down and watching some Downton Abbey. Wasn't it Downton Abbey that he's a fan of? Uh, yeah, he's a fan yeah. of Downton Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Downton Abbey and cheeseburgers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, yeah. again, I think that played to me on so many levels. Not only the level of the movie kind of going back to where Tony Stark was and him loving cheeseburgers, but the idea of you're sitting with someone and there's at a funeral there's nothing you can do and Happy has no – he's he can offer almost nothing in this daughter who now has a hole in her life, but he can get her a million cheeseburgers. Like that's the only thing he can do. So he like promises her to get her all the cheeseburgers she wants. Like it's it kind of hits you on two levels because you in real the real world you can kind of imagine the place that he's in. Yeah, and I guess that's the yeah it's the IRL of of the the movie. It's like if you take you take out all the circumstances that just led up to his death, and here you have uh, a scene between a husband and wife um, that is happening around the world in hospital rooms everywhere mm-hmm. where a loved one is giving a sick person the chance mm-hmm. to let go. Yeah. Right. Definitely. It happens all the time. It's like you, they're holding on for, for some reason, you know, like they're on death's door, but they're holding on primarily for the ones that they love. Mm-hmm. And you just have to give that person, you know, permission to just, let go and i just thought like oh god this is so real yeah um and even with the funeral and and like the consideration that they had like in bringing back the the, the little kid from iron man, iron man 3, 3 yeah that he yeah, had such a teenager. huge impact on yeah, yeah and like to see him yeah of course he would be there you yeah know, of course if this was yeah. a real life yeah. of course 
this kid would want to come in yeah. and be a part of it. And I thought it was interesting that all that worked on so many levels. Like the thing about this movie is everything has such layers to it that not only does it work on the level of that's a real life thing that people go through. It's almost like she was saying for the, on behalf of Marvel it's okay mm-hmm. to let go for Robbie Downey Jr. Like he doesn't have like we're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. You, you've done a great job. You set things up, and now we're going. So it worked on that level as well. And yeah, I thought I thought it was just so well done. Where you basically are giving us really only a handful, like two major character deaths in the whole movie, where you could have gone crazy and like killed everybody and Game like of Thrones Game of Thrones it. it. Yeah, but but they didn't. They were very. I thought they were very cautious with it. They did a great job and really. They focused on the people who really are kind of finished and done with the universe and the people who are a little open to returning. They left their stories open enough that they could go somewhere. Um, we Before we get into what's going to happen next, we have to talk about Captain America. We have to talk about the ending there. Um, I Again, I really felt a well-deserved end for his character going being the being of course he would be the one first of all that would grab all six stones and go back in time and and fulfill bruce banner's promise to return them to each time point of course that would be captain america he would 100 percent do that but his decision to stay in one of the in somewhere in the past um and sort of get live a real life is something he's always wanted the man out of time who never fit in after this battle, there was nowhere for him to go. So it, I, to me, again, like poetic justice, I feel like was served for him and he got the thing that he wanted. But what did you guys feel about kind of that final moment? Um, it's, I, it's funny, someone pointed out that you look like Joe Biden. <laughs> you mean the, as an old, as an old as man, old yeah. And, I was like, oh, really and, then we, and then and then when we saw it the second time, I was like, oh my God, he really does look like Joe Biden. That's crazy. I kind of would like to, and I can't remember, it's been a long time since since I saw Captain Marvel or uh, Captain America, and I don't remember um, the circumstances around how he became this little guy, Pipsqueak, that that I I know he volunteered to be part of the experiment. This experiment to become a super soldier, So I kind of, I was like, I liked what he did, and I kind of would have liked to have seen him go back to being that little man. Hmm. Like if he was a little, if he came back and he and you see him dancing at the end, but he was the that little skinny kid. Yeah, yeah. and he's and like he became his true self again, and like because he's always been that little kid. Mm-hmm. That's why I like Captain America. Yeah. Otherwise, I think he'd be insufferable. If he'd be this like you know great looking athletic guy. Nobody likes that guy. No, no you know, no. like, yeah. he, but he's always been the little nerd. Like, or even if he the, like looked in the mirror and saw a reflection of yeah. that form of himself dancing with Peggy or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Something yeah. to the fact that like he's always been yeah. this normal, yeah. normal looking, like guy that you know got picked on and, and you know mm-hmm. whatever, and and he had this like had this happy life in the end, and like I mean he came back as a little old man, like yeah. rather than yeah. you know this Joe Biden. <laughs> Well, and I, I think, because wherever he landed in time, it was probably after the, like, whatever, the Captain America got frozen and then he just sort of jumped back in. Um, I feel like he probably continued to be Captain America wherever he was. Like, I, I feel like he had a life, but also continued in the 40s and 50s and 60s of being Captain America, but just having Peggy there and being part of that. Like, I feel like that still happened. Oh, I thought he just went back and put all the stones back and then went to go see her. No, I think he did. I think he put all the stones back, but I feel like he, but he went back as him. And I felt, I feel like when he regained his life in the 40s, I think he continued to be. So he still fought crime. I think he did, but probably on like a more street level. 
like right. a more Spider-Man-esque level. Um, that's the way I sort of chose to look at it was mm. that that's probably what he did. Because again, the fragmenting of time, what happens when you take Captain America out of something? So I felt like he still did stuff, but in a different time frame. But, uh, that would make sense why he has the shields yeah, yeah. and gives it. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, I really, really liked that moment with between him and Sam and how Bucky kind of gave it permission to be Sam and not him. Yeah, because yeah. I guess in the comics, it's not. It's Bucky. It's Bucky. Yeah. Right? Bucky becomes, Captain, becomes America. Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. But but Sam has also been Captain America in the comics before. Like he, oh, like he, they has, ha- yeah. he has done that. So I think, but I feel like that was a really nice choice because first of all, I think Anthony Mackie is going to be great in these movies moving yeah. forward. I think there's lots you can do. I really like him as Falcon. But I I think that was a great moment of kind of the new friend um, who's been through a lot, who's really done anything for Captain America, gets that final moment with yeah. him, which I really liked. Can we talk about Valkyrie? Then? Go ahead. On the, yeah. It seems, seems to be a, yeah. a good uh, yeah, it's a good time, yeah. Yeah. So this is, yeah, that's what I was sort of referring to earlier is it's like, I think like, I mean, there's there hasn't been a new Avengers uh, movie announced no. or planned or no. whatever, and there's going to be a large break. But I think when you come back, you're going to see that like this new group is very, very different from like the white boys. Oh, for sure. Superheroes, because now yeah. you've got our Captain, your Captain America is black. Your Thor, I mean, essentially, is, essentially yeah. is is female yeah. and black, yeah. and and um, I think Tessa Thompson has said before that she she thinks that Valkyrie is very queer, so and she like what would like to see more of that mm-hmm. in her character, um, and uh, uh, perhaps Pepper will will take on sort of the Iron Man mm-hmm. role or more Iron Man's daughter or Iron as, as she yeah, grows, Morgan. you know, I, she's already showed like they already teased. That she goes into the garage and kind of has that curiosity that Tony Stark. Oh, that's does. what you and think like, that was. That's what I, I think okay. so. Like I think they're they're more similar than than. I mean, maybe not now. Like eventually down the road, I could see Morgan Stark playing a role here in some way. So is it true? And then you guys might not know this, but is it true that there actually is a Morgan Stark in the comic yeah. universe, but she's a a villain she's a villain and she's from a different universe like because oh, okay. different earths and stuff are broken up into it so she's from a different earth because it's uh, strange where, yeah. thing to name your daughter if she actually was named after a villain yeah Maybe she'll end up being the villain. Maybe she will be, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot to of rumors. To get revenge for her dad dying. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of rumors that Scarlet Witch is going to go a villain route because there's a run of comics in the early 2000s called the House of M. So Scarlet Witch is revealed to be Magneto's daughter. Um, and uh, basically it's the X-Men versus uh, Avengers. So Scarlet Witch, because she has the reality stone within her, figures out a way to tap into her powers and almost do a snap-like thing where she wishes there's no more mutants and eliminates mutants from the world. So and it creates Ooh. this whole big shattered world thing because of how upset she is with the death of Vision. So there's some thoughts that maybe she'll go down some sort of route. And because that Marvel and Fox are now sort of together, there might be a way to incorporate the X-Men into it. Like a reverse way of like, maybe she wishes for mutants to protect the world or that type of thing. And then it goes wrong. And like, there's a lot of things that could happen there, but she basically creates a split reality. So there's some rumors there that there's something that might happen there too. That'd be fun. Which would be a lot of fun. Um, So quickly kind of moving into um, what's coming up next. So there's a few things they've announced, but I think they're going to wait to do another big phase announcement like they did before, which led us up to uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War. So I think that um, what we know is happening is Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out in July. We know that's for sure happening. 
Can we talk about that? Can we stop? Can we, can we stop and talk about that for a second? Spider-Man? Yeah. Sure. So how is that going to work? Let's... Did you see the trailer that just got released? No. Okay. So there's a new trailer that was just released, I believe, today that is is there. If you've seen Infinity War, you should now watch this trailer because okay. the other trailers they've had have been very like, what's going on? Yeah. So I would recommend you both go watch that because that gives you a hint as okay. to what's going so on. My, so I haven't seen it. So my theory is, well, you could do it one of two ways, that the sequel takes place, this Far From Home takes place directly after the last mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming or whatever. So like it's just, it, before, before the, before the yeah, Infinity yeah, yeah, yeah. War or yeah. whatever. The other option is like, because like it shows in the trailer like that Peter and his buddy, whatever his name is, like they're still in high school. Mm-hmm. And they're on a field trip to London. Yeah. And it's like, but it's five years later. But they'd still they still be. It's like they're like the worst. Like, it's like the students who get held back every year. But, but I mean, high but school. they would be like, because they were snapped out of existence for five years. So they would go back to high school. Right. So theory. like, but then that would have to mean that his friend was also snapped. snapped. And Zen, Zen, Zendaya. Zendaya. Would be snapped. What's her, what's her name? Penny? Is she Penny? Oh, no. She's no, playing uh, MJ. Mary Jane. Yeah. yeah. She, that she would also yeah, have, she would have any to have of the snapped. other, yeah. I don't think there's any other characters. No, me. those were the main ones. Flash yeah. was the other character. But yeah, I yeah. think like. You're right. It, it essentially has to take place before and f- or yeah. they need to make a big decision after. Yeah. The trailer reveals it. Though. Okay. The next trailer reveals what they're doing we'll with it. And it's v- it makes me very curious. Okay. Very curious as to oh, what the hell is going on. All right. Yeah. Um, but Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out in July. That's the next one that's confirmed. They've got some confirmed years. Like in, like in 2020, we're getting the Black Widow movie, which we don't know what that's going to be. And we're getting a movie called The Internals. Yeah, I think the Black Widow movie. Have you seen the movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Red Sparrow? Yes, mm-hmm. I think that's it's pretty much that's basically going. It was, it's the Black it is, Widow yeah, movie. it's essentially yeah. what it is. Yeah. So then we're getting the Eternals in 2020, which I believe I heard a rumor that Beyonce is going to be in it or something, or someone. Oh. There's someone ridiculous. There's supposed to be it. gods or something. Yeah, gods like yeah. thing. And then Black Panther two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three, and Doctor Strange two have already been confirmed. Those three are for sure happening. No dates have been assigned to those, and they're not within a schedule. This is why I really think Kevin Feige did this years and years ago. I think he's going to do a presentation at D23 or or Comic-Con this summer that's going to be like, here's the next couple years, which is what he did leading up to to Avengers Infinity War. So I think that's what we're going to see. But right now, we know Spider-Man's for sure happening. Black Widow and the Eternals have been announced sometime in 2020. They could change their minds, but essentially... We're going to see kind of what happens next with Spider-Man Homecoming, I think. Like, I think we're going to see the direction they're going to take. Hmm. So it's very interesting. Um, quick fan question um, that I hadn't addressed on the show earlier was about um, moving into Phase 4. So this fan, this was Tyler, who is also our show's official Star Trek correspondent, um, asked that a lot of the movies deal with a father um, and son relationship or a father and family relationship. Thanos is sort of an abusive father, but his relationship with Gamora, um, Tony Stark and that relationship with uh, with Peter Parker. So moving into phase four, do any of you think that there's a plot or theme wise you think that they're going to attach to and, and continue on? Is there a plot or theme that you're thinking of that's going to move things into the phase? I mean, we've touched upon there's going to be a clear shift in diversity, but is there a theme or plot that you think is going to come out of these next days? Like, where do you think in your minds, where can they go next? I think, well, I think that's it. I think that like, so you have this, you have the, 
I mean, for lack of a better word, let's say representation of diversity. Mm. So you have representation of people of color and sexual, well, just uh, sexual orientation, gender. Um, and then you have people who were like literally displaced in time. So like they yeah. literally are coming back five years later. They're, they they question their identity, like where what where they are in life. We don't know what's happened. We assume that loved ones have moved on. They yeah, married other that's people. True. Yeah. Um, so uh, this whole idea of, I mean, it seems to be the most popular sort of theme in superhero movies is, is identity. Like, well, yeah. who am I? And I think that fits in with some of the characters they've created. Because for Black Panther and, and for Spider-Man, where do I fit in has been a big theme. Where does Wakanda fit into the major universe? Where does Spider-Man fit in? Is he friendly neighborhood? Is he an Avenger? Like, I think that's already a theme they're playing with. And I think the topics you're bringing up, the the gender identity, the out of place, out of time, um, I think all that leads into where do I belong? Where do I fit in? I think that might be a really interesting theme for them to take off on. I think you might see, this is just speculation. I have nothing really to support it other than a theory. But uh, I think you might see a lot of backlash on Tony's decision to do it the way he did. And having mm-hmm. it be five years later and nothing changed, they just I bring them back. That. Because Definitely. just like you said, loved ones might have married. Um, you know, things have changed for them, and their lives are very much different. Yeah. Uh, but it benefited Tony, so it might be a little bit of hostility there. Of a it also benefited a, for benefited all the people who have been procreating since mm-hmm. half the universe is gone. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's not just Tony. It's mm-hmm. like. There's, yeah. there's a lot of people there. But I can see that causing problems. Like we already yeah. talked about in Spider-Man Homecoming. What if some of the students weren't snapped and continued on their education? So now right. suddenly you've seen people who you like are five years older and yeah. suddenly you've missed all this time. Like, no, I, I 100% think that could be a theme. Some people it will be fine and it will move on fine. But I think for some people seeing that issue of moving on and now where do I go and where do I fit I think that could be a huge theme moving forward where do mm-hmm. I fit in how do I work within this yeah I definitely think that, that that makes a lot of sense yeah I was interested to see what was going on in Wakanda I was very disappointed that they they didn't I mean Denai was like she was basically she had like that hologram yeah and then she comes in at the war yeah. but she's on the poster yeah so it's yeah. like she didn't have anything else to do but like just tease a potential character because they when they brought up i can't remember his name but they brought up the the earthquakes in the ocean there is some sort of ocean character oh. that's within the black panther realm thing oh. like anti-hero potential okay. villain potential hero so i think that they've teased within that that the there's earthquakes at the bottom of the ocean that that there's something going on there oh so interesting maybe yeah. for the next black and i guess we were to assume that mbaku was leading wakanda while all this was happening because like uh, they never said they never addressed like hey because like the whole movie was him was he not snapped no was he still the, no he, he was, was still there. there yeah oh, okay okay but so like, he must have been leading wakanda in the meantime yeah because they but they never addressed that and no. that's like they've already like launched yeah. into the to the actual world and like, yeah. it's like what now yeah so yeah so i'm interested hopefully that two that black panther 2 will answer those well, questions that might be actually what andrew was talking about might be the interesting thing what if black panthers 2's movie is about well now where do we go because yeah. ever like how do we how does the society move forward when we basically now have two kings we've moved forward what yeah. happens and i think they did a really good job of mbaku and, and t'challa have a great relationship so i don't think the tension will be there but i think society wise and culture tension could happen mm-hmm. within what do we do how do we move forward so mm-hmm. it's very interesting mm-hmm. cool well that brings us to the end um and i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna be joined by taylor in a few minutes for uh, a fun little game where we're gonna have her play because she didn't want to see the movie. Um, but uh, Lame, Taylor's yeah, lame. Yeah. Um, maybe just final thoughts from both of you uh, about Avengers Endgame or anything you want to say about the MCU. Just give me final thoughts. 
Okay, well, um, uh, again, the best Irwin Allen movie that wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens next. Um, I'm also looking forward to hopefully Hollywood uh, not making Marvel movies for a little bit <laughs> and actually yeah. trying to create some original content. I think there'll change. be a bit of a break here. Yeah. I think we're going to get Spider-Man. That's why not much has been announced. I think we're going to get a bit of a break and then they'll launch the next kind of chapter. Yeah, and I'm, ho- I'm looking forward to seeing what Disney along with the other studios come up with next, especially like with some of the franchise stuff that they have, like yeah. the Alien franchise. Yeah. I'd love to see them reboot that in a proper way without Ridley Scott. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, and also, yeah, so Taylor, uh, if you're listening, uh, if you're a movie fan, you're missing out on uh, this. At least at least go back and, and watch the last two Avengers movies. Who are we kidding? She's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, what about you? What are your final thoughts? Uh, I'm just a, a fanboy in heaven. Um, it was a really great movie. It was everything that I wanted to be and more. And uh, I'm, I'll probably go see it again. And we now have these movies, right? Like you yeah. can, as soon as it comes out, you can you can literally, what a great Saturday night with friends. Let's watch Infinity War and Endgame back to back, right? Like get some pizza, have some fun. Like that's that's a great evening for just looking at those two movies together. Cool. Well, thank you both for coming. This was this was a lot of fun. I hope everyone listening uh, enjoyed it. Stick around for, for a quick game with uh, Taylor, but thank you both for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Okay, I'm now joined by Taylor. Hello, listeners. Uh, who we convinced to join this special podcast. It wasn't, you know, a lot of arm twisting, no. just a little. You know that people love you, so we needed <laughs> you to be in this episode. But you wouldn't see the movie, so we had to get creative. I was, you know, I'm the everyman this episode. You're not the everyman, because the everyman went to see this movie. You don't understand. <laughs> like, everyone went. Um, Matt, uh, I told Matt, Matt Salton, yeah. who was one of my guests, who, who people just heard. Um, and he actually had a message for you in this podcast. Oh. I told him you won't listen. <laughs> so, well, I'm gonna have to listen because I love Matt. Yeah, and there's a message for you from him. Okay, in that podcast. is it mean though? Uh, no, it's not mean. <laughs> it's just a message from him. Um, okay, so what we're going to do here is we're gonna play a little game with you. Okay. Um, and this game is called Avenge Her. I hardly knew her. Um, and what we're gonna do is there's two sort of sections to this game. But basically, you're gonna be guessing movies right from the marvel cinematic universe so all 23 movies everything i know about the universe i know mostly from tumblr Mm -hmm. so a lot of like slash flick fic not necessarily that i read but i i you know yeah i know what the people look like and i think i think that with you probably will recognize a lot of the things we're doing so we're basically doing this in two parts part one i'm going to give you a description of a movie that is written by someone who is not a super fan. So I, I gave the task to a bunch of people who don't know anything about the movie to just say, like, in one sentence, So you got it. tailors to describe. I got other tailors to describe <laughs> to me the movies in various ways. Great. And then I'm going to give you multiple choice, and you have to guess what movie plot Well, it maybe is. it'll be intuitive, because I'll yeah. be on the same wavelength it as might them. Be. And then the second part of it is I'm going to name a famous actor, and you have to tell me which movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe they're in, and you get an extra point. Okay. If you can name the character they play. Okay. But they're all famous actors that you have definitely heard of. However, I'm going to pull up their pictures for you because I know you're better with faces. I am much better names. with faces. So I'm going I'm to have that ready to go as well. <laughs> okay. All right. So you ready? Yep. All right. So here's the first Are we doing one. all 20? No, no, no. Okay. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. We're doing like six. This, okay. this podcast is already over 90 minutes long. So um, here, here's plot number one. Got it. Guy doesn't like his best friend. Civil War. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even have to finish the sentence. <laughs> okay. Tumblr really likes Civil this Civil War. One. You got that one. I didn't even have to give you multiple choice. You got that. A Captain America Civil War. Okay. Plot number two. A man goes on a road trip with his girlfriend and estranged younger brother who is on parole for war crimes. That's the plot. A winter soldier? No. Why don't you let me give you oh. multiple Do you want multiple choice? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, if I can try to guess okay, it. Okay, try So it's not winter soldier. Okay. Here's your multiple choice. A, Ant-Man and the Wasp. B, Doctor Strange. C, Thor the Dark World. Or D, Ant-Man. So he's... A man it, goes on a road trip with his girlfriend and estranged younger brother who is on parole for war crimes. That's what makes me think it's Bucky, because he's the mm. one who worked with the Russians. Why don't you think who has a who has a brother? Thor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's the Thor, Thor one. Thor of the Dark World. Yeah, <laughs> so basically that movie is, is him. Uh, so Jane Foster, Thor, and Loki basically have to go to defeat these elves, these Loki dark elves. Loki is bad. And Loki, He's a yeah, and, uh, and that had Natalie Portman in it. Okay? Okay. So now, you I'm gonna, you need to wait for the multiple okay. choice for this one okay. because you're going to guess it, but there's three of them, okay? Ooh. Rich guy's suits get destroyed. Iron Man. So he murders the people behind it, but then turns out the suits are fine, but then he still murders the people who destroyed them. Is that A, Iron Man? B, Iron Man 2, or C, Iron Man 3? There's not, like, he doesn't get descriptors for his movies. You know how, like, oh, it's, like, Thor, Rain, No, he just gets, he gets one, two, or one, three. two, and three. Ah, three. But yeah, that's correct. That is the plot of <laughs> Iron Man 3. Literally. Rich guys seem to destroyed, but they're fine. Yes, that was pulling that um, out of the hat. This is my favorite description. Uh, a shout out to to a friend of mine uh, who wrote this. Uh, she's very funny, and this is the funniest uh, funniest description. X Con begins to feel small and turns his life around. Ant Man. Ant Man. That's <laughs> a great description. For he has Ant-Man. a master's degree in engineering, but has to work at the ice cream shop. Baskin Robbins. <laughs> um, Inter- the internet really liked that gif, and I, I thought know. that Baskin Robbins reads into my own everything. life. Okay, so here's the here's the last one of the plots. Got it. Okay? Vigilantes ruin New York in order to close the border and stop aliens from entering the country. Uh, I think the only one with aliens is like Thor or Guardians of the Galaxy, I think. Do you want multiple choice? Yeah, multiple choice. And I will also read the question again. Vigilantes ruin New York in order to close the border and stop aliens from entering the country is that a guardians of the galaxy b guardians of galaxy volume 2 c black panther or d the avengers oh maybe the avengers it is the Avengers. Okay. that is the plot of the avengers <laughs> okay so that that concludes the first section of it so you actually did quite well you you um you only missed on the uh, on the second one, yeah, Thor. You didn't get Thor to the Dark World, but no. actually the other ones you all got. So there you go. Thor, there you go. Five for six. Maybe I should spend less time on the internet. Yes, and more time in the movie theater <laughs> seeing Avengers. Um, okay, so now I'm going to give you a famous actor, mm-hmm. and you need to tell me the movie that they're in. Got and it. For an extra bonus point, you're going to tell me who who they play. Uh, if you need to see their face. 
You will do so. I will do so. Okay. Okay, ready? Vin Diesel. Oh, he plays the tree in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Do you know the tree's name? Groot. Groot. You got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Guardians of the he's in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he plays. He made Groot. so much money for that, and they literally could have just. But he says all of them in all the different inflections. They don't double it. It's him every time. Every new line oh, is him okay. saying, I am Groot again. Yeah. I thought a computer could make that noise. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? People love Vin Diesel. They do. Um, okay. Paul Bentony. I don't know who that is. I will show you. Wimbledon? Oh, yeah. He normally plays villains. He's in A, 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 a Beautiful Mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. Um, a Knight's Tale. Yeah. Paul Bentony. He probably plays like an alien. Because he has that look. Okay, so he doesn't, but... Oh. <laughs> but, does he play bad guy, though? Uh, no. Oh, well, then I really... I'm past. So Paul Bettany started off as playing Jarvis, which is the AI that Iron Man talks to, and then he becomes Vision. So he's a robot? Yeah, kind of. Well, that, that checks out. If he's not an alien yeah. or a bad guy, yeah. he'd be a robot. Okay. So the next one is Dominic Cooper. Who you would know from Mamma Mia. He was the, he's like. The I know guy. him from AMC's oh, right. Preacher. Course, preacher. <laughs> so who, who's Dominic Cooper play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, he looks, you know, a lot like Sebastian who plays Bucky. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. No guess. He's an Iron Man. He is, he's not, but he's connected <laughs> to Iron Man. So Dominic Cooper first appeared. Oh, he plays his dad. He plays his dad. So he first I appeared do remember that. in Captain America, the first Avenger. He is the youngest iteration of Howard Stark. So Apparently he wasn't a nice man. Who? Dominic Cooper? Uh, his dad. Howard's, Iron Man's dad. Well, yeah, I mean, he was, he was better when he got older. Okay. So, so we've actually seen Howard Stark um, at two different time points. Right. One played by John... Um, uh, Statherly? I can't remember his last name. But he, the guy from Mad Men, um, plays him kind of middle-aged to later in his life. And Dominic Cooper plays him when he's quite young. And he's very, he's much different yeah. when he's younger. Yeah, he's very difficult to deal with. Okay, so uh, next person is Evangeline Lilly from Lost. You'll have to show me a picture. I, will show I never watched Lost. I will show you a picture of Evangeline Lilly. If you've never seen Lost, though, I don't know if she's done much else. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, that means nothing to me. Okay, well, then I guess she's not famous She for... is a nobody. No. 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 It's all from Lost. Um, okay, well, she plays the Wasp. But that's... <laughs> yeah, never. I never in a million years. Why would they pick a nobody to... I don't know. You'll know this one. Okay, Robert Redford. Oh, he plays like cowboys in the old days, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was in Man in the Gun. The old Man in the Gun. Yeah. Yep. Not that wasn't the question though, Taylor. Was <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to place him. Okay. He probably is in the Thor movies. Uh, no. He's probably in Avengers. Uh, well, he he made an appearance in the in the last Avengers movie, but the movie he kind of um came from was uh Captain America: Winter Soldier. Is he a baddie? He plays the secretary, so you turn. He turns out to be bad. So he he's an uh, basically he works for Hydra. Okay, that's who he is. 
Um, Robert. Michael Douglas. Uh, uh, These are all, like, old guys that kind of look the same. Michael Douglas is uh, married to... um, He has white hair. Yeah. I don't know. Glasses. Again, Thor... Or no, he he's he, he's an Ant Man. He plays the original Ant Man. <laughs> oh, I Hank think I would have. I Hank remember M. the promo of him and Paul Rudd doing like really zany, <laughs> just zany Ant-Man. things. Yeah, yeah. That okay, that rings a bell. James Spader. My <gasps> my, favorite. my favorite actor. Yeah, James Spader. He plays, I think, a bad guy. He does. And you know what movie? oh, he's a baddie, but I don't. For some reason, like, I'm thinking X-Men, but this isn't part of Marvel. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, but it's not. Yeah, no, it's he, he's not an X-Men. Is he chubby? Is he chubby, James Actually, Spader? Here's a here's a hint that might help you. It's only his voice. So he plays, like, a disembodied alien. Uh, no. <laughs> you don't know? No. Avengers Age of Ultron, he plays Ultron, which is a robot that Tony oh. Stark accidentally creates. Avengers, I don't even know. Age of Ultron. I don't even know what that is. James Spader's the voice of the villain in the movie. Well, I do love me some James. And he's great in it. Um, okay, Guy Pierce, one of another one of my favorites. I He's in Memento. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who, who's Guy Pierce? He kind of looks like a Praymantis. How would they use the Praymantis <laughs> in these movies? I mean, he's a villain, if that helps. Does he look like himself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Iron Man. Which Iron Man? Three. Yes. <laughs> you got. You just threw that out there. But you got it. I thought, did the pre-man just looking Guy <laughs> Pierce break the machines without actually yes. breaking uh, them? Guy Pierce plays the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. Okay. Uh, Liv Tyler. Uh, of Lord of the Rings yes. fame. She also looks like an elf. I'm going to say she's in Thor. She is in The Incredible Hulk. She plays Betty Ross. I didn't even know The Incredible Hulk had the his second own. Movie, yeah, the second movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe starring Edward Norton. They're going that far back. See, yeah. I wouldn't have yeah. I wouldn't have right thought. Right Iron Man, this movie. I wouldn't out. have thought once they recasted him, I would have thought his movies are no, out. because uh, everything that's happened in that is still canon. So Why do they recast him? Edward Norton's apparently really hard to deal with. That's too bad. I like him. Yeah. Uh, last one, Glenn Close. She plays an alien in Thor. No, she plays in Guardians of the Galaxy. She's a police lady. Correct. She's part of the Nova Corps. Um, <laughs> sort of Nova Prime is the name of her character. And yes, she was in Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. I don't know how you're going to get point i don't know how you're gonna attribute points to uh, you got almost none of them <laughs> so it doesn't Zero. really matter you did very well in the plot summary for movies <laughs> but you did very poorly in the placing these famous actors no. in movies thing but that's wah, totally wah. but there you go that was that was the quiz game um i hope people enjoyed that uh, i had fun i think you, you had fun oh yeah yeah that was it's fun always, it's always fun to put taylor in an awkward position to talk about superhero movies <laughs> um but that's that's it for this podcast i know it was a bit of a long one but i hope people uh did enjoy it um we had a lot of fun so Thank you again to Matt Salton, Andrew Taggart, who both joined me on the panel, and of course to Taylor, um, who helped out in, in this section. Well, you know what this means. 
we're gonna have to have a vampire episode. Oh, and I'm abs- gonna push you through. Absolutely, I I would be happy to in return do a vampire episode <laughs> and uh, get all the quiz from. I'm sure people would love It'd that. Be very much in my wheelhouse yeah, well, with we'll vampires. Do, we'll do a, a Taylor podcast where it'll just be vampires. <laughs> um, but thank you again, everybody, for listening. Go see some movies. <laughs>